Whatever your situation is, no matter how dead it seems, God can resurrect it. But it begins with your words. And your words come are connected to your faith. And your faith is connected to your God. Get in his word, strengthen your faith, and trust and believe that he can make your dry bones live. Amen. Hallelujah. When it seems, speak what the word says about your situation. Romans 4.18, we see how Abraham, which says, who hoped against hope, believed in hope. Who against hope, believed in hope. When it seems impossible, keep believing. I said, when it seems impossible, keep believing. When it feels like there's no hope, keep believing. When it feels like God is not around, keep believing. When all hope is lost, still believe. Anyway, where the Lord reads, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley of dry was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, O God, thou knowest. And again he said, Prophesy unto these bones, and said unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord, the God. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, the shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up on them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. The word of the Lord, you may be seated. So you have a situation where, first off, it's kind of like you ever have a situation or an example or a picture where it's not the way it's supposed to be or there's two things going on? Like this is in a valley 
Valleys are normally representative of life and fertility. That's where everything grows. But here, this valley is full of death and dry bones. Kind of like, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. But you got a valley that has no life, no fertility, full of dry bones. And the valleys are also a place of battle. You look at the biblical battles, all the Bible, all the battles in the Old Testament were in valleys. They don't fight on mountaintops. Mountaintops don't have life. Look, go look at the very top of a mountain. You're not going to find trees on the top of a high mountain. You're going to see snow caps. You're going to see a line where the growth starts to begin. So a lot of us, we want to be on mountaintop experiences with God all our lives. We don't want any, 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 any battles in the valley. We, don't, we just want to be high up on the mountain, praising God with no troubles, no problems. But even in the valleys of fertility, you can have problems and struggles come into your life. You can, have, you can be feeling right now in here today like you're in a situation where your bones in your life are just so dry and almost dead that you don't know what to do. Well, the answer is prophesy. What does that mean to prophesy? You can say, I'm not a prophet. Neither was he at this point. God told him what to do. God said, prophesy. Speak with inspiration is what prophesy means. So you prophesy your situation. You speak life with inspiration in this situation. Well, where's your inspiration come from? The word of God. So you have a situation going on in your life. You speak by inspiration the word of God over that. And where's your inspiration come? The Holy Spirit gives you the inspiration. And you're bought, you, you use the word of God that was inspired by God, right? Because we believe that his word is infallible and it was inspired on the hearts of men to write it. But it was inspired through the Holy Ghost giving it to from God. So here you take a situation, whatever your situation is, no matter how dry bone, what dry bones, so everybody's dry bones experiences are different. Your dry bones experience may be you're not, you don't have enough finances to make it through the day. Someone else's dry bone experience may be the fact that they've been dying, saying they're dying of terminal cancer. Someone else's um, dry bone experience may be that their spouse just left them or they found some things out or there's things going on. You don't know what the other person's dry bone experience is, but you know what yours is. And your job to get out of that dry bone experience is first off, plant your feet in the ground and prophesy to that situation. Whatever that situation says, you come against it with the word of God and you say that this is what this, I speak this into existence. God may give you a big vision, but you don't have any way of thinking you're going to fulfill it. Prophesy it in this into existence. You're sick in your body. Prophesy that healing into your body. Speak it with inspiration. Don't stop speaking it. Just because you don't feel it instantly hurt. Instantly stop hurting. Keep speaking that life in your situation. Whatever dry bones you have in your life, I'm here to tell you today that these bones shall live. No matter how dry your life is, no matter how hurt you may be, no matter whatever you've got going on in your life, prophesy to that situation with the word of God. You have a child that's left, and they're running out in the world doing crazy things. Prophesy the scripture that says if you break, train up a child in the way, they won't, they won't, 
depart too far from the path. In other words, they may go this far, but they'll get to a certain point where they realize, like the prodigal son did. He got he went way out there, and it took him farther, really deep down, to be in a pit with hogs and eating the same that the husks that they were eating looked good for him to go. Oh my God, I was raised up better than this. It's time for me to get back home. See, when you when you're in a situation, you speak the word over it. Amen. Tell you, tell, tell us, say, hey, my child, I raised them right. I know they're not going too far, and that's according to the Proverbs. You're sick. By his stripes, I'm healed. So you hear him say a lot of different things over and over, but there's a purpose and there's a reason for it because we're speaking the word of God, and the word of God has power over all situations. Remember, the power of life and death is in the tongue. It's Proverbs 18. The power of life and the power of death is in the tongue. And the Bible says that whatever you speak, your belly will be satisfied with it. There's some people in, our, in, our, in, our, in, in Christianity that speak death over their own lives just by what comes out their mouth. You got to speak life. Speak the word of God. You got to be like David. David was in... Now, how many might know the story about David and Goliath? Everybody knows that story, right? David and Goliath. David slew the giant called Goliath. Where did that battle happen? It was in a valley. Well, no, specifically, it was in the valley of Elah. And you had David, who was the shepherd boy. Now, remember, David was, had brothers. And obviously, the father didn't think much of David. Because when Samuel came for him, he didn't even bother to call David in from the field with the sheep to say, hey, Samuel's here to look for the next king of Israel. But he brought all his other sons up. Samuel went through all the sons and said, hey, he's not here. You have to have another son. Where is he? Oh, it's only David. You know, he's out, you know, tending to the sheep. He's a small, ruddy, smells like sheep kind of guy. Can't be him. Go get him. Brings David. Ha, it's you. Anoints him to be king. The same David, you find him in a valley. He just goes to deliver lunch to his brothers. He's just being a good brother. Going to bring lunch to my brothers because they're out on the battlefield and they're hungry. So I'm going to take a break from my chores, uh, chores with the sheep. And I'm going to go feed my brothers. He walks up on a giant. Named Goliath, a Philistine, uncircumcised Philistine, talking smack about his God. David said, Is anybody going to do something about this guy? They're like, They were scared. The Bible says they were shaken. They were scared of Goliath. Goliath was huge, and he was a trained fighting champion, undefeated. He was the champion, and everybody in that line knew that they would be killed by Goliath. Because they didn't have the experiences that David had. See, the Bible records that David had killed a lion and a bear with his own ha bare hands. His own bare hands. Only a God could help you do that. Kill a lion and a bear with your bare hands. No, no weapons at all. David says, I'll go do this. Saul tries to put David's, ar David's armor on him. 
David was like, wait a minute, this doesn't fit, and plus I haven't tried it. In other words, I have no experience with this armor, so I can't take that armor and go fight a battle that, especially, this is going to be a big challenge. I can't wear stuff that I don't know. So he goes into the river, and see, right there, see, sometimes we want to fight our battles with other people's weapons. You can't fight your battles with someone else's experiences and someone else's weapons. See, you can use, you can say what you did for them. I know you can do that for me. But you also got to have your own little weapon of arsenal of weapons. You got to have your own experiences. You got to have your own things that God has done for you so that you can have firm faith and believe. David was able to know that because he jerked what he did with the lion and the bear, that he had no problem defeating him. So he went over to the river and he pulled out five stones and he had a sling. You know, a slingshot. They slung it like this. When I grew up, you had it on your, it was called a wrist rocket. Shoot things. You gotta be careful for the ricochets. But David went and he got these five stones. And he took one of them. He walked up to the giant. And he said, this day, I was going to deliver your Philistine carcass into my hand. Little guy. Big giant. Takes the sling, slings it, right between the eyes. Giant falls down. Bible says David ran up to him, cut his head off, and then took his head, and then he went and hung it on a hill for all to see, which happens to be the same hill that they hung Jesus on, Golgotha's hill. He took it, he's put, he put the head up so everybody could see that the giant was dead. And then David ran from then, battle after battle after battle. See, sometimes you're going to have battles in your life. You're going to feel like you're dying on the inside. But you should be able to say, no, these bones are going to live. I hear the sound of dry bones rattling, open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm going to live, I'm going to shout, hallelujah. Come on, give him praise. There's no situation your God can't handle. There's nothing he can't do. There's nothing he can't do. But sometimes you got to have the faith enough to trust and believe. That woman came to the altar believing God was going to give her her hearing back. And praise God, he did. Amen? And do you notice, did you notice one thing that I did when I prayed for her? Like you opened Emma's eyes. I pray you open her ears right now. I went to a specific point where God is, I had seen God do something. Amen. And this is awesome. You got it. That, that's what you do when you have. God, remember when I was really sick with this and you healed me? Well, now I need you to heal me of this. God, remember when I was broken, I didn't have any money, and all of a sudden you showed up, somebody showed up and, and blessed me. Remember when I was really hungry and didn't have any food, and all of a sudden someone took me out to dinner and bought me groceries? I remember when you did that, Lord. Well, right now, Lord, I'm trusting in you to do this. This situation's dead and dry, but I need you to bring life to it. Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's a fear, no evil. For thou art with me. Thou rod and thy staff, they come me. You make me lay down in green pastures and beside cool waters. In the presence of my, you anoint my head is with oil, and in the presence of my enemies, you prepare a table before us. Surely, before me, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You got to believe that God's always with you. God's right there with you, and God will provide, and he will follow you with his mercy and his grace and his abundance and his prosperity. 
but you have to be the one speaking it. You got to bring that word into your life and into fruition. Abraham in Romans 4.18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead when he was about 100 years old, and neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. Verse 17, the verse prior to that, it says this, Therefore, him who believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Sometimes you've got to call things not as they seem, but call them as you believe. Call them as, as you know. Lord, I know this valley of my life is full of dry bones, but you're going to make these bones live in the name of Jesus. I know my daughter, my child's running around crazy. I, I, I call her back in under the house of God. Uh, my, my, my landlord's knocking on the door and I don't have the rent. But Lord, I thank you for your prosperity because I tithe. I thank you that you're going to bring this into my life and this is going to happen. Whatever your situation is, speak the life of God, not the death of the devil in a way. Amen? Because remember, the power of life and death is in your own tongue. And remember what the definition of faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidences of things unseen. You may be sitting in the midst of a valley full of dry bones right now. And whatever those dry bones are, you're surrounded by them. You can smell the death of the situation. You've got to believe it without the evidence that it's going to happen. You have to believe without evidence. A lot of us want proof and evidence before we believe. And that's not what faith is. Faith is believing before you see it. Faith is being like, you know what? My word says it, so I believe it, and that settles it. That was Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. You know, whatever the word of God says, you should believe it, and that should be it. If the Bible says you're this, then I am this. The Bible says don't do this, I don't do that. And that should settle it. In grace, he said he was full, he was full of grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace means God will put stuff on you you don't deserve. He graced us with salvation through Jesus Christ. Not one of us deserves salvation. I don't care how good you think you are, you don't deserve salvation. Don't, we don't deserve what Jesus did for us. But by grace, the unmerited favor, undeserved favor, he gives us salvation. We don't deserve healing, but grace provides it. By his grace. By his grace, you're able to prophesy. By his grace, you're able to operate in the spirit. By his grace, you're able to pray. By his grace, you're able to lay hands on the sick. See, anyone who lays hands on the sick and they recover has nothing to do with the person laying their hands. It has to do with the grace of Almighty God on their life that has given them the favor to be able to do it. And then on top of that, they have the faith to believe that what they pray is going to come to pass in the name of Jesus. See, you have to have the faith to believe that what you speak will come to pass in the name of Jesus as long as it lines up with the word of God. See, don't get it twisted. 
You can't pray things that you want to happen that don't line up with the word of God and expect them to happen. If you're doing that, you're practicing witchcraft. Because remember, in Atlanta, I said it don't, I mentioned strange fire real quick, but I didn't go there. So you could be operating in strange fire by, by, by claiming things and praying things that you want that don't line up with the word of God. And then also you can operate. Listen, if you're praying for anybody else, only pray goodness and blessings over their life. Don't pray for God to change this, change that in them. Let God decide what he wants to change. Let God decide what he, what he wants to do. You just lift them up before the Lord and say, Lord, do what you need to do in them, Lord God. If you think there's something going on with them, even if you think you know what it is, you just say, Lord, I know there's something going on with them, but I pray that you, you, you pray for them. I thank you for your grace and your mercy that you'll heal them, touch them, and do whatever you need to do in their life, Lord God. But don't start praying with your projection that you think God should do. Let, let God deal with their dry bones, but you just lift them up. It says he quickeneth the dead. That means to make alive. Dead, not alive. That's just what dead is. So he says he makes alive that which is dead. You may have a situation in your life that right now has been pronounced dead. God can bring it back to life by the words of faith that you speak. You can prophesy to those dead bones in your life and say, these bones shall live in the name of the Lord. Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm going to live, going to live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. You'll be able to be in a spirit. You'll start to hear the bones rattling. You'll be able to start to feel the power of God moving. You'll be able to, in the spirit, be like, wow, oh, yes, here it comes. Praise God. And he calls things as though, which be, no, be not as though they were. You need to speak your miracle into existence. Speak what you believe, not what you see. You have to get that into practice. Speak what you believe, not what you see. Remember, there was the one brother that I told him, I said, don't let the circumstances of your life and the situations of your life determine your situations and your outcomes. Let your situated position in Christ determine what your situation is. So no matter what you're going through, you're more than a conqueror. No matter what, you're, what, what that devil's trying to put you through, you know you're going to get out of it all right. You know you may be in the darkest fire that that devil's got you in, but you know you're going to come out like them three Hebrew boys and not smelling like smoke and not being singed by fire. You're going to know that when your God's in control, he can do all things and you're more than a conqueror and you'll be fine as long as you're following and trusting in him. But you have to be the one to speak it, to live it, and to move it forward. He's not going to do it for you. He did all he can do for us by sending his son to the cross. And he died and he rose again. And now it's up to us to use the tools and the weapons that he gave us to prophesy and to speak by inspiration into the areas of dead life that we have in ourselves. Amen. When it seems... Speak what the word says about your situation. Romans 4.18, we see how Abraham, it says, who hoped against hope, believed in hope. Who against hope, believed in hope. When it seems impossible, keep believing. I said, when it seems impossible, keep believing. When it feels like there's no hope, keep believing. 
When it feels like God is not around, keep believing. When all hope is lost, still believe. Even if you feel like there's no hope, still believe. Keep believing. Your faith is your strength in your situation. Remember, his grace is sufficient for you. And in weakness, his strength is perfected. Your, your faith is the only strength you may ever have in a situation. When your back's up against the wall, and you feel like there's no way out, there's no way you can make it out, your faith will pave away. Your faith will lead you where you need to go. It says that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. James 1, 6 through 8 says, But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Notice he doesn't say double-minded, it's unstable in some. Double-minded says he's unstable in all. You can't be tossed to and fro with, well, I believe it, well, no, I'm not sure. Oh, I believe it, oh, no, I'm not sure. Oh, maybe not this time, or maybe not that time. You got to believe what the Word of God says about your situation every time you're in a situation. Remember, the situations come to affect them for our training and for our purposes of growth in the kingdom. And then also for the ability to be able to turn back around and help somebody else out of their situation. See, sometimes the stuff we're going through has no, absolutely nothing to do with you. It's preparation for the people you're going to reach. It's preparation so that you can speak life to somebody and say, you know what? They'll be like, well, how do you know? Well, because this is what God did for me. But can you imagine if, if, if it was like this? Well, how do you know? I don't know. God just blessed me since the beginning. I haven't been through nothing. There's no need for God then. Why we go? He allows us to go through stuff. Why? Is he because he he's a mean God? No. But he wants growth. Remember the scriptures that talk about that he prunes back the bushes so that they can bring forth fruit and more fruit. That means they were already bearing fruit, but God prunes them back so that they can bear more fruit and much more fruit. And that's a natural principle with trees, fruit trees. They prune them. At the, like, I remember in the upstate New York, I was working at a church in upstate New York, and the pastor had apple trees on his property. And he started them from young, and now they were to the point where he, they were ready to be you know, produced. They were producing apples and fruit. And he said he had to actually hire somebody to come prune it so they would prune it correctly. Because he would want to, oh, I don't want to cut this one. And they would come, and they would just prune it and make it look like it literally killed it. And I saw something similar to that when I was we were living in Roswell, I mean, Sandy Springs, Georgia. Along Roswell Road, they had all these nice trees. And they were in, the, in the summertime and, and the springtime, they were all full and nice, beautiful. It was beautiful. But then when it came time to trim them, they cut them down like to nothing. And I was like, what did they do to those trees? But then the next year, they were even more full with more life. 
See, and sometimes God will bring you into the dry bones to do a little pruning, to stir up your faith, to teach you how to pray, to teach you how to prophesy so you can look at that situation and say, these bones shall live. The word of God says this. Like I shared with faith, I would go to those appointments with my Bible and I would literally shake it at them people in the hospital. Like, that's not what the word of God says about my daughter. All time after time after time. And did they not tell you to leave me home? They asked, can you please leave him home? But I was not going to be in that valley of dry bones and not call on my Lord to do the miracle that I knew he could do. Now, I would have loved faith no matter way, how it, whatever happened, but I knew that wasn't going to happen in my household, praise God. No. And then I took it a step forward. Elder Canfield brought me up in front of all World Harvest Church, Columbus, Ohio. 5,200 people. And we all stood and agreed that she was going to be born 100% healthy baby. But I could have stood in them dry bones. I could have looked at that doctor's report. And I could have said, okay, well, let's start making plans for this. Absolutely not. These bones shall live. Hallelujah. No matter what you're going through. No matter what you're going through. Speak to the life into that situation. We have this habit of speaking life and then backing it up with death. How are you feeling today? Well, I believe the Lord's healing me, but you know I'm hurting. Okay. Yeah, I believe he touched me to heal me, but you know what? I'm sick. I don't feel well. No. Stop with the Lord heal me. I believe the Lord's healing me. And don't confess the rest of it. It's tough to do. It's hard to do. Sometimes when people ask you how you're feeling, just don't say anything at all. If you can't say anything, if you're feeling rough and you're having a trouble time and you're struggling, don't say, well, you know, well, since you asked. So start practicing it in your own life first. Speaking life over your dead situations. Praise God. And I pray that one day, you know, God's, God's filling that bucket list pretty quickly, man. You know, and I taught Minister Lopez the next day. She was like, God, you know, that's one off your bucket list, Pastor. I was like, and she goes, you know, the ear. I was like, yeah, praise God. So I guess working his way down the body, amen. And then Maddie was like, you know, Pastor, God's working your way down the body, neck, spine, back, ears, eyes. And I'm like, Praise God, feet, knees. So you know, the only thing left is a dead body. Just roll a corpse up in here. Let's pray him back to life. Praise God. Amen? Hey, listen. If I'm ever in a service and they roll a corpse in, I'm going to pray over that corpse. Because there must be a reason why that corpse is showing up to church. Praise God. Amen? <laughs> right? Right? You're in tragedy. You're in a church service. And here comes somebody rolling down a, a gurney with a, with a zipped up bag. Why do you think that body's there? Exactly, to bring them dead bones back to life. I believe God can do it, amen? Well, what's the difference between opening a blind eye and raising a dead body? It's the same God. Praise God. Next week there'll be dead bodies in here, praise God. We will pray them back to life. We won't leave till they move. Wait, whatever your situation is, no matter how dead it seems, God can resurrect it. But it begins with your words. 
And your words come are connected to your faith. And your faith is connected to your God. Get in his word. Strengthen your faith. And trust and believe that he can make your dry bones live. Amen. Hallelujah. One city, one nation at a time.